Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 36, three ways to record multiple on-site podcast hosts. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel J. Lewis, on Twitter, known as The Ramen Noodle, and that comes from my clean comedy podcast over at theramennoodle.com. But this, well, this might be funny to you sometimes in this episode or other episodes of the Audacity to Podcast, but this is the podcast where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And today, we're going to be talking about some of those tools of podcasting and organizing your thoughts in how to podcast with some of the equipment that you have, especially if you have more than one host, meaning it's more than you. So if you're recording a podcast and you're talking to someone, then you're recording with multiple hosts. Now, terminology of host and co-host uh, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to call them all hosts, which is hard enough to say hosts. And if you're driving in your car listening to that, I'm sorry if that messed up your speakers, if you're broadcasting through FM. Side issue, pet peeve of mine. J.D. Sutter from RadioCSS.com. By the way, RadioCSS.com has nothing to do with cascading style sheets. It's a different kind of podcast network, but it's not web design kind of stuff. So I didn't want you to think, oh, CSS podcast. No, it's a family-centered, Christ-centered podcast that he does. But J.D. Sutter from RadioCSS.com sent this email recently after I recorded an episode of The Ramen Noodle. He says, hi, Daniel. On your latest episode of The Ramen Noodle, you had a total of three hosts, and I was wondering if you'd share how you handled the recording of that show. Do you have two hosts on one channel and the third host on a separate channel? Or do you have some way to record each independently? Thanks, Daniel. I appreciate your help. JD from RadioCSS.com. Thank you, JD, for sending in that question. And it's a very good question. In the, at this time, the most recent episode of The Ramen Noodle, which is episode 68. So you can get to that at theramennoodle.com slash 68. I had my wife join us for the podcast because we were having some fun doing the podcast in a way that, uh, that we were telling stories about Portal. And I've had my wife on the episodes before, as we've talked about our wedding or honeymoon or things leading up and how we met and stuff in the Ramen Noodle, which is my clean comedy podcast. And so you can go hear that episode at theramennoodle.com slash 68. But so I had three people speaking. It was me, my usual co-host, Jeremy, and then my wife was also sharing with us. And so JD wants to know, how did I record that? Well, it can be complicated or it can be simple, depending on the kind of quality you want or the level of quality you want and the kind of equipment that you have. I'll tell you what I have right now to immediately answer that question. But then the rest of this episode, I'll be talking about three different ways that you can record multiple on-site podcast hosts. So this is just if all of you are in the same room, not off-site stuff like Skype or any of that, but all of you in the same room. Here is my setup. I have three microphones, two of them being Heil PR40 microphones. I have a mixer, which pretty much any mixer of any size can support this. But I have a Behringer X1832 USB mixer, and it has a whole bunch of ports on it. And then I have a Behringer MDX 4600 compressor limiter gate that helps 
adjust the volume levels as we're speaking so that we all kind of even out our volume levels as we're talking and it does some magic stuff. You can listen to some of the early episodes of the Audacity to Podcast to learn more about what a compressor limiter gate can do for you, either software or hardware. So anyway, we had three people, three microphones, myself and, or I guess the proper word would be I and Jeremy were on our own Heil PR40 microphones. My wife was then on a third microphone that I have from back when I first started. It's one of those really cheap on-stage microphones that I bought from Amazon.com for either $20 or $30 plus a stand. So it's really cheap, but it works. And it plugs in. It's an XLR mic. So I have three microphones going into a mixer. And each microphone, as it goes into the mixer, gets sent out via an insert cable, which is a way to take the sound out of the mixer, process it, and then send it back into the mixer. So each microphone goes to the mixer, then goes out through the insert cable. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of weird. It goes into the MDX 4600 to get the audio levels compressed, limited, and gated, and all of that stuff. And each of them are compressed individually. So each channel, one through three on my mixer, is each getting compressed individually. So that way, when one host isn't speaking, the microphone isn't picking up anything, or it shouldn't be, as long as I have everything set up properly. So then after it gets processed by the compressor limiter gate, it goes back into the mixer. That's why they call them insert cables, is because they're inserting an effect into the stream of things. Maybe that's why. That's a good explanation anyway, in my opinion. Then it finally goes through the mixer, through the mixer's equalizer settings, balance settings, and all of that down to the faders, which is where I make my volume adjustments and keep them there based on how loud or how quiet a host is or it would seem to be for the duration of the episode. And it goes out through my main output, which I never touch my main output volume. And then it goes into my Zoom H4n. Now, here's what happens to those three voices. They get mixed down into a single stereo track that is sent to my Zoom H4n. My music and sound effects are sent on a separate stereo track. So that means I'm recording in four channels on my Zoom H4n, and that's something that's really cool and awesome you can do with the Zoom H4n is record in four channels. So I have all of my voices in one stereo channel and all of my music in another stereo channel. As JD and I corresponded a little bit via email, he was talking about what do you do when one of your hosts makes a mistake, or they start talking over each other. Well, it's a lot easier when you're in studio, because when you're in studio, you can pick up on body language, like you can see someone starting to take a breath or starting to make that move like they want to say something, or you can see them raise their hand or just slap you on the face telling you to shut up. Don't do that to your co-host, maybe. You could tell them to do that to you if you want, but I wouldn't recommend it because the microphone would pick it up and they might accidentally miss your face and actually slap the microphone. And then you've got the loud boom noise. You don't want that in your recording. So maybe it's good that your hosts do not slap each other. But you can use body language to signal each other and you can read each other when you're about to speak. It's a whole lot easier to do podcasts in person because you've got that eye contact and there's no delay like you have with Skype. But what if you are recording and someone, maybe while someone else is speaking, someone just gets distracted and they start, or they start talking under their breath or something that makes it difficult for the listener to hear what's going on from the main person. Or especially if you are recording off-site kind of stuff where someone else is not there in the studio, but there is some kind of delay, what you often end up having in Skype recorded or Skype call conversations is that multiple people are talking at the same time and you get this overlap as someone starts talking and someone else starts talking 
And then so they both stop because they're not, they just realized they were talking over each other. They wait. And then one of them starts talking as just as the other one starts talking too. And then they wait and you end up with all of that hardship there. And if your hosts can just keep on talking, well, then what you have a problem of is multiple conversations going on at the same time. There are some ways that you can change that and fix that, but the only way is if you have all of your audio channels separate or if you can just be in a setting that will prevent that kind of thing from happening. And that's the best thing is to try and prevent it from happening at the beginning. And it would be much easier to edit out silences if necessary than it would be to listen to several conversations going on at the same time. But when you are wanting to record multiple hosts, let's assume for the minute that you just you want to record multiple hosts, but you don't want a complicated setup. Well, this this will range in complicatedness, if that's a word. Comple- complexity, that's it. This will range in complexity. First of all, you can have your hosts sharing a single microphone. I hear this done a lot in podcasts, and unfortunately, this is not a good way to do it. I'd say this is the worst way to have multiple hosts on site and recording them is a single microphone and multiple people talking into it. This is either done by someone has a microphone. Maybe it's a pretty decent microphone. What you often see are the snowball mics. And they'll put the snowball microphone down and they'll flip a certain setting on it so that it gets uh, all around it, an omni setting. And they'll sit around the microphone and talk. Well, there are multiple problems with that thing, with that setup. For one thing, if the microphone is on a table that everyone else is at that table, then anytime someone touches the table or bumps the table, it can vibrate and the microphone can pick it up. But the main problem that you have whenever anyone is sharing a microphone is it means you have to be a lot farther away from the microphone. Right now, I am just two or three inches away from my microphone. And you can hear me very well. But if I was sharing this microphone with someone else, I would have to step away from the microphone as I am now. And right now I'm about uh, two feet or so from the microphone. And I could potentially see someone else joining me along with this. Now I'm kind of projecting my voice right now and that's much of a habit. So if I just talk at a regular voice, then I have to turn my volume, my recording volume up even higher in order to start picking up my microphone. But now as I stop talking... Well, I've got my compressor limiter gate in motion here, but what this is doing, do you hear a room now behind me? Do you hear how my voice just sounds different? It doesn't sound as present as it did, especially many rooms that people might use to podcast. You'd hear all of these weird echoes and sounds and things going on in the room and just this large room sound. Now, the room I'm in has enough padding that helps insulate from this. But this is not the best way to do it because it will pick up a lot more noise because I'm having to turn up the microphone. And if I turned up the gain, it would especially pick up a lot more noise. But it also picks up a lot more room noise in here. And the reverb, the reverb, I can't talk tonight. The reverb from the room will change the way the audio sounds like it is right now. So now I'm back up close to the microphone and you can probably hear the difference right away of being far from the microphone and being close to it. Now the distance I was from the microphone was about a foot to 18 inches, 12 to 18 inches. If you're recording with someone else, the chances are that distance is going to be a lot greater. So that means that you'll have to turn up the microphone's gain a lot more, turn up its volume 
a lot more. And when you do that, when you turn up the microphone's gain, you are increasing that bubble of sensitivity around the microphone, which means the microphone will start picking up other noise. And by your stepping away from the microphone, the microphone will pick up more reverb from the room, that silent stuff that you might not hear very much without headphones. But the microphone will pick that up and it will sound bad in your recording. But at least it sounds better when you have a dedicated microphone. What's very popular to do, unfortunately too popular, is that someone will just use the internal microphone with their computer. So then you really get a ton of room noise because they're not going to get, they're not going to both get 12 to 18 inches from their computer. They'll be a couple feet from the computer microphone. And you get a whole lot more room noise and it just sounds very echoey. It sounds like they're recording in a, a chamber or a tomb of some sort. And it, it sounds distracting. And this happens whenever someone uses an internal microphone for their recording is it picks up a whole lot more room noise. Now, I can understand if you have absolutely no budget at all for an external microphone. But certainly there are ways that maybe you could just skip coffee for a day and you might have enough to buy a Heil PR40 at the prices of coffee these days. If you can't tell, I'm not a coffee drinker at all. Now, there is a case, though, where picking up the reverb and room noise would be a good thing. And you've probably heard this example many times before. That is, if you want an environmental feel or an ambiance or ambience feel to your recording, best places for this when you're outside and you're interviewing someone or talking with someone and Maybe you're having a nature conversation, or maybe this is just something about your podcast that you like people to feel like they're just sitting with you on your front porch and recording a podcast with you or having a conversation with you. That's even better. So this is where the ambience should be intentional, and you can capture multiple people with the single mic, and you will capture that ambient sound but you don't have to worry about it because this time it's intentional. Or if you want to talk to someone in a coffee shop, it's one of the, it's either, I think it's Chris Penn's podcast, Marketing Over Coffee, or it might be Chris Bergen's. I'm pretty sure it's Chris Penn's uh, podcast, Marketing Over Coffee, is he and his co-host are in a coffee shop or maybe they layer some of that in the background occasionally to cover it up, but you hear it. It sounds like they're in a coffee shop and it's kind of neat to listen to it knowing they're in a coffee shop and it is intentional. Room noise, just default room noise if you're recording in your house, is accidental. You don't want to get that in your recording. If you're going to use a single microphone and share it with multiple people, be intentional about it. Go somewhere where there's noise and get that noise in the background so it sounds busier or what, but try to keep it not distracting. So that's a, a careful balance there. So that's the first way is you can simultaneously share a single microphone. Number two is interview style mic passing. And you've seen this by newscasters on TV and everywhere where they will have a microphone for themselves and they'll ask a question and then they'll pass the microphone. Not actually, the microphone won't move hands because that could create a whole lot more noise. But this single person, the host, is in control of the microphone. So they hold the microphone, they say their thing, they make a statement or they ask a question and then they point the microphone at their co-host or at the person they are interviewing their guest and that person then responds when they're finished or if the host wants to interrupt with something they pull the microphone back to themselves and when the guest responds they point the microphone back at them this is doable but i don't recommend it because 
for one thing, you have to have a microphone designed for this. And what I mean by designed for this is a microphone designed for interviewing, designed to be held with your hands. There are big differences between stage microphones, studio microphones, and interview microphones. For example, a stage microphone is designed to stay on the stage and to try and pick up just that person on the stage and not have much overlap with other things. But the microphone is, for the most part, going to stay in its position. It's not going to be moved. A studio microphone needs to pick up all the depth and all of the the richness to the sound. And it will usually be on a stand. It might be moved a little bit, but it's a lot more sensitive to all the richness and depth. And usually they're designed for sound studios where it's soundproof room. But that's where dynamic microphones are really good, especially the Heil PR40, because it has the range of certain other kind of microphones. But it works great in a home setting because it can easily filter out or it captures just what you want it to capture. And then there are interview microphones that are designed to be handled. See, if I were to, uh, you're going to hate me for this, but I'm going to handle my microphone right now and you're hearing noise as I'm touching the microphone. Now, that's on the Heil PR40 and that's not too bad. The other microphone I told you my wife was using in the podcast that thing, you just touch it, touch the stand it's on, and you hear this loud boom sound coming through the vibrations and everything. And if you hold that, your hand, when you're holding something, your hand is constantly making tiny little moves as you move your arm, your muscles, and all of that. The only way you can really hold a microphone like that without making noise is if you glue your hand to your chest, glue your fingers to the microphone, glue your hand together so it cannot move at all, and then maybe you'll avoid some of that handling noise. But a microphone like that does not work for it, and studio microphones are not designed to be held at all. Like my Heil PR40 has no place I could even hold it, really, without actually touching parts of the microphone that are not meant to be touched. Whereas the stage microphone can be held, but it gets a lot of this interference noise. I remember a time that I did some stand-up comedy in a church, and they gave me, I asked them, which microphone do you want me to use? And they just, oh, just grab any one of them up there. But they were all stage microphones. And so as I held the microphone and was speaking, Every movement I made on the stage was picked up by that microphone. If you use a microphone like that interview style where you're pointing it back and forth between you and your guest, it will pick up a ton of that noise, a whole lot of it. You have to have proper padding, proper shock protection, and that's why interview mics have that built into them, allowing you to point it back and forth and to handle it. That's the kind of microphone you see a newscaster use or podcasters who are interviewing people. It's not the best kind of microphone. It won't get the best audio quality, but it's good for that back and forth kind of thing. Now with this, this isn't good if you have two equal co-hosts doing a podcast. This works only for really an interview style where if I'm the host and you're the guest, I say something or I ask you a question, I point the microphone at you and let you respond. This also takes good practice on the part of both people, especially the host, because the host is in total control. They can pull that microphone away whenever they want and interrupt. The guest, well, yeah, the guest can, but it's not going to be a very clean pulling away. It's going to be just a kind of interruption and really not a good case for it where the co-host or the guest rather would grab the microphone and say something that's just going to be you know a mess there so the host is in total control 
And they have to have good practice of holding the microphone when they speak, pointing it at the guest when they speak. Hold the microphone, point it, hold it, point it. And it's it takes practice because the other person might hear you when you say something. Your audience won't hear you if you're not talking into the microphone. Or you may hear the other person say something, but if you only move the microphone over at the last second of what they're saying, it won't make any sense to your audience because your audience hears what the microphone hears. Remember that. Your audience does not hear what your ears hear. So interview styling, interview style, mic passing can work, but for interviews and for if you have the right kind of microphone for it. So we had, you could simultaneously share a single microphone. That's good in some cases, bad in most. You could have interview style mic passing, which is great for interviews, bad for pretty much everything else. And then the third option is, as I do here in the Noodle Mix Network studio, or many other podcasters do this too, is have multiple microphones. So I have three microphones, yes, with one of my co-hosts, uh, Eve Franklin, keeps a microphone for, microphone for herself so she can record some off-site stuff for Are You Just Watching? Yeah, it's dormant right now, but don't worry, it's, it's coming back. So I have three, sometimes four microphones that I can set up here in the studio in order to record multiple people. Usually I only have two connected to the equipment just for space and complexity reasons to keep it simple. And I bring out that third one when I need it, which isn't all that often. So this is the best way to do it is have each host has their own microphone. Yes, you may end up with some blended qualities of microphones. When I first started podcasting with the co-host, which was in 2009, when Eve Franklin and I started Are You Just Watching, by the way, over at areyoujustwatching.com, Christian Movie Reviews with Critical Thinking. When we first started that podcast, I had, or yeah, we both had those cheap standard dynamic microphones. We got them from Amazon.com back then, only $20 with the cable, a stand, and the microphone. Super cheap dynamic microphone, but they worked and they worked decently. Later that summer in 2009, I was able to purchase a Heil PR40 for myself. So then I had a Heil PR40 and Eve had one of these cheap dynamic microphones. And that's the way we recorded for a while. And even when Jeremy came on as a co-host for The Ramen Noodle, when I finally resurrected and got serious about that podcast and did it regularly, when Jeremy came on, then he also was using that cheap microphone with its cheap stand and all of that. And I told him, touch the microphone and you die. Because pretty much if he touched the microphone, everyone else would die too. Just sudden death of ears, drums popping so he used that, and I continued to use the Heil PR40 here in the studio chair, in the studio here, the host chair. Now, when Eve and I recorded a promo for Are You Just Watching, we discovered, we really noticed the difference between the two microphones. I already knew the difference, but we really noticed the difference when we were recording. What we did then is we recorded twice, where we recorded my voice on my microphone, and then we recorded her voice on my microphone. You can't do that when you are podcasting because you're, you're going to have too much back and forth, so you can't be switching back and forth in the microphone. But if you have multiple microphones, even if they're of different qualities, your audience won't notice as much because... As long as it's one person to a microphone, then they they don't won't know how that person is supposed to sound with a higher quality microphone. It's like I grew up playing piano and I would sometimes play at recitals or perform piano pieces that I had arranged or composed. And when I would play, 
I would get so nervous that I'd make a mistake or after I'd make a mistake and people would say, oh, you did a great job. And I just think, oh, I messed up there on page two. I hit, I was supposed to play this note and I played that note. And the thing was that I learned is the majority of the people didn't know, especially when I played my own pieces, because they didn't know how I wrote the piece to be, unless I made it obvious while I was playing the piano that that was a mistake. And it's like, oops, uh, let me redo that. Or where it's that pause or where the fingers just fumble so much that you notice it's a mistake. But if you hit a wrong note here or there, people might not know that's not how it was supposed to be. The same thing with when you're recording multiple hosts on different quality of microphones is that you get the effect of you know how my voice sounds through my microphone and you know how my co-host sounds through their microphone. But you don't know if that's really what it's supposed to be like or if that's the microphone because you've gotten used to it. So if you upgrade your microphone eventually, that's a different thing. But don't worry about having and mixing your styles of microphones or your, well, styles, yeah. Stick with dynamic. That's the best for podcasters. But don't worry about having varying levels of microphones. If you have to start out with a cheap microphone and you get three of those for $20 each or $30 each, and then you get the high LPR 40 or something else really nice for yourself, Don't worry about your co-hosts initially. Oh, man, that sounds so mean. (laughs) But really, just work on it a little bit at a time. Don't feel like you have to upgrade everyone's microphone all at the same time because your audience may not notice it. In fact, unless you point it out, if they start listening right away when you have the high-quality microphone and your others don't, most of your audience will not pick up the microphone difference because they are different voices. The last part of this, having multiple microphones, if you want to record, for example, I've seen this, is my friends Cliff and Stephanie Ravenscraft over at gspn.tv have a lost podcast that they do, They well, they used to do this, lost isn't on anymore, at least that we know. They would do this podcast and they would frequently have people over to watch Lost with them. And I got to do this with them sometimes and that they would have a bunch of people over. So they'd have Cliff and Stephanie had their own microphones and then they'd set up a third microphone where they could let someone from the audience, a live real person audience, step up to the microphone and speak and then step back again. That's not really an issue because they're, yeah, it's multiple people are sharing a microphone, but they're not all part of the conversation at the same time. So when you have multiple hosts, each having their own microphone, which is the way that it's really the best way to do it, you've got to do it that way. So get microphones for each person. There, It, it is possible to do this super, 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 super cheap, but still be better than using your internal microphone. I can tell you a way to do this for only, let me see, I would guess maybe $15. That's how cheap it is for two co-hosts, each using their own microphone. $15, probably. At most, maybe $20 or $25. Here's how you do it. No mixer involved. You get a headphone splitter that plugs into your computer. Now, you have to look around for these or try the right one. I like one that I use, which is a little, it's, it's got a, a little hexagon thing on it so that it splits the microphone into, or the headphones. It's made for headphone splitting. It's a Belkin headphone splitter, and it has five outputs and one input on it. So it's made so that five people can listen to the same thing at the same time, but it can actually work in reverse. And many of these splitters can work in reverse that they actually mix both signals coming or all the signals coming from the different inputs. Whatever you do, though, when you try this, when you're trying to do it super cheap, 
keep the receipt, be careful with the packaging because your results may vary. Or as someone pointed out, the how I talked about last week, that abbreviation that I couldn't remember, YMMV, your mileage may vary. I, I really don't like using the word mileage there. Anyway, your results may vary on the equipment you use. But you get one of these low adapters or a splitter for $5, 3 or $5, something like that. Then you plug the cheapest microphones you can get, these little LapTech stick microphones, the thing that come free with your desktop computer or Windows computer. These cheap, super cheap little things. Do not touch them while you're recording. Plug those into your splitter. Plug that straight into your computer and record that way. Yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, it's not going to give you the best quality. But it is cheap. And it will give you multiple microphones for each co-host at a really cheap price. Again, your results might, will, may, and probably will vary. So if you find something that works, feel free to email me about it. Feedback at noodle.mx or call 859-353-4332. But stepping up from that, you don't, you still don't have to get a full-blown mixer. There are several adapters or USB miniature mixers with built-in preamps and phantom power and all of that stuff, but can be picked up for $50 or so. And then you get a couple cheap microphones that plug into it, XLR microphones. You've got a whole setup there for $100. That's fantastic. That's the price of two video games. You know, depending on the video game, that might be one video game, but that's the price of just a couple video games, $100, and you can have two, maybe even three co-hosts using a tiny little thing, and there are systems like this all over the place. Behringer makes one, and many other places make these little things where they are just a small little box that have plugs on the front, cables on the back for power and plugging into your computer and such, and that can work. It's really inexpensive. Plug your microphones into that. You get multiple hosts. Now, if you want to record each host into their own channel so that maybe you want to modify voices or filter things out independently or you want to run a compressor limiter gate but only on each channel individually, whatever your reason for wanting each person recorded on their own channel. Unless you have, well, there are two ways to do this. I'll put, I'll just jump to this. There are two ways to do this. One is take advantage of your stereo splitting. That is, you could move one co-host all the way left on your mixer, and the other could be all the way right. Now, don't make your final recording be like this. But make it so that you are recording like this and then blend it together in your program, which, as you know, the Noodle Mix Network uses Audacity in our blending, or I should just say my blending, and actually the other co-hosts do use Audacity as well. So you can blend it in Audacity or your expensive programs, blend the left and the right together after you do your modification, and they'll both be centered, and you can record that way. If you have more than two co-hosts, then you need to start recording in more than just stereo or more than just two channels. On my mixer, the Behringer X1832, as well as the smaller mixer, the Behringer 1204, maybe it's now called the X1204 USB, it can output in four channels. And many other mixers, some of the Mackie mixers and Alesis mixers have this too in analog outputs. But you'll often pay a very high price for it. So the Behringer's are the least expensive for getting this ability. On my 1832 mixer, I have a main mix, which is stereo, and a submix, which is also stereo. On the 1204, it's a main mix and an alt 
mix or alternate mix. And those are both stereo as well. So that gives the ability to output in four channels. So working with that, up to four voices in your podcast, or maybe three voices and then music separately, what you could do is have all of your stuff lined up on four channels. One and two will be the left and right channels, respectively, of the main mix. Three and four will be the left and the right channels of the alt mix or the subgroup mix. But now you need to record all of that in four channels, which most mixers don't do. Or most recorders, yeah, most mixers don't output four channels, but most recorders don't record in four channels. However, my favorite recorder, the Zoom H4n, does record in four channels. It has two XLR or quarter-inch phone jacks at the bottom of the recorder. And then at the back of it, up near the top, near the little external microphones, it has a eighth-inch or three-and-a-half-millimeter jack that's stereo. So what I can do is that I can then output to the Zoom H4n XLR1, XLR2, and then stereo through that three and a half millimeter or eighth inch jack. That is four channels. And I can even set up the Zoom H4n now with some of the latest firmware updates so that each of those channels can have their own independent volume controls on the recorder. Not totally necessary, but maybe you'd need that. So I can record in four channels, and that's how I do my podcast is all of my music and sound effects end up in one stereo channel, all the voices in another. But if you needed every person on their own channel, this is a way you could do it. Recording into four channels and then just bring it back into your audio program, make your edits, and then mix it all together. But if you don't have a Zoom H4n, maybe you're looking to get a better mixer. Maybe you have a super cheap mixer and you're looking to upgrade. Well, there are upgrade options like Alesis makes a USB. It used to be Firewire, but now they make a USB mixer that can output through USB multiple channels. This means you'd be recording with your computer. And yes, Audacity supports recording in multiple channels more than just stereo. You just select it in the... Well, if you're using Audacity 1.3.13, it's now on the device toolbar that you can choose how many channels you're recording, and it will list at the maximum for the device you have selected. So if you have one of these USB or FireWire devices that can record and output in multiple channels, Audacity will give you that option to record separate channels. I will have a link in the show notes to my friend, Ray Ortega over at the Podcasters Studio, that's with two S's in the middle, thepodcasterstudio.com, did a forum post or a blog post about recording more than two channels in Audacity. And I'll just link you to that in the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 36. So you can see what he did and the equipment that he was using. So you can upgrade your mixer or you can upgrade your recorder. Those are ways that you can record multiple people into individual channels. Now, if you're on OS X on a Mac computer and you're using GarageBand and you use iChat to have off-site communications with people, you can record into GarageBand and it splits each of your channels for each of your hosts. So that's pretty cool and intelligent how that does it. I don't know of anything else on Windows that can do that or Uh, even just Skype call record. Well, yeah, several of the Skype call recorders can do that too. But our focus right now is on-site recording. So again, let's review this. You can, if you want to record multiple co-hosts, multiple hosts in the same location, you can simultaneously share a single microphone. I don't recommend that. Only do it if you definitely intentionally lead or need the the ambient sound or the the sound of wherever you are if you're just getting room noise don't do it 
You can also do interview style mic passing. You point the microphone at you, then you point it at your guest. Do this only for, of course, interviews. Then there is the best way to do it is that you use multiple microphones and each host has their own microphone and combine it that way. And if you want to get each host on their own channel in recording, then you have to do it in either upgrade your hardware or change the way that you're recording things because it can be complicated if you have to mix things in recording each host on their own channel so that you can edit each one independently. It gets complicated, but maybe you need that. So that's how you can do it. Again, get the links to some of the things I mentioned in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 36. Now, I also want to point out to you a couple things or a few things going on right now is if you are hearing this before or on May 3rd, 2011, you can save 15% on audio equipment from you, from Musician's Friend. Here's what you have to do is save, or I'm sorry, it's 12%. You can save 12%. That's still a good price, though. Save 12% on audio equipment from Musician's Friend. There are some restrictions to this, but here's what you need to do. Use the coupon code or coupon whichever way it's supposed to be pronounced, M-F-12-P-O-F-F. That stands for Musician's Friend 12% Off. M-F-12-P-O-F-F. M-F-12-P-Off. Musician's Friend 12% Off. Write that code down because that's also the URL that you need to use. Visit noodle.mx slash mf12poff and it takes you to a page on musiciansfriend.com where it will tell you what qualifies and you can check out everything there and find out what you can get and save 12% on your order. This is a really good chance to upgrade your equipment and save some money on it too. So check that out. That's at noodle.mx slash MF12, the number 12, POFF, Musician's Friend 12% off. And if you still didn't remember that, the link will be in the show notes at the audacity to podcast.com slash 36. Also, I've got to point you to a really funny video that a friend of mine did, Ewan from Bagel Tech News did a video that shows what's it look like to be producing a podcast episode. And the video is really fun to watch. There's no speaking in it. The video is about three minutes long. That's not how long it takes him. But it's a really fun video to watch. And it's from my friend Ewan from from Bagel Tech News. And check it out. It will be embedded in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 36. And also there will be a link there to his podcast network, Bagel Tech News. And so you can hear his great British voice, which you may end up hearing on some promos for Noodle Mix podcasts someday. And finally, last thing I want to tell you about is a few things going on with the Noodle Mix network. I am, like I've said before, splitting each of the podcasts into their own websites so that each of them can be much more stylized and branded for their content. It will be a lot easier for me to manage. I've already got the split done. You just don't see it yet. But if you'd like to see it, then sign up for the newsletter at noodle.mx and you'll see the newsletter sign up at the footer page or the email little mail icon on the right side. Sign up for the newsletter. I promise I won't sell your email address or spam you or anything like that. And I will be giving an exclusive preview to people on the newsletter as well as sharing something big that's coming for the Noodle Mix Network. So if you want to hear what that something big is coming, 
then and what you can do to help, in fact, because there are some things you can do. It won't cost you anything, by the way, but something big may be coming. So if you are interested in that, then visit noodle.mx or visit theaudacitypodcast.com. You'll see the same things on both and sign up for the free newsletter. And like I said, I promise I will not spam you at all. Now, if you have questions or comments on this or anything, be sure first to check out the show notes and you can make any comments you want to there. Show notes are at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 36. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, then make sure that you subscribe. And I'd really appreciate it too. If you enjoy the podcast, leave a comment or a review in iTunes. And also check out the other podcasts as part of the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. If you have any questions or comments, send those to feedback at noodle.mx or call in to 859-353-4332. And you can follow me on Twitter, and please do so, at twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools... It's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you so much for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts over at Noodle. .mx and learn about audacity like you're learning here in podcasting, but also enjoy some clean comedy or get some critical thinking when you're watching movies. Find more podcasts over at noodle.mx. And the Audacity to Podcast is also a member of the Tech Podcast Network, where you can find a whole load of podcasts about technology. Check it out at Tech podcasts.com. That's techpodcasts.com.